You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You're on. Good evening. The Sea of the Midrash for Parshas Vayikra. Parshas Vayikra, what I'd like to look at tonight, begins with Vayikra uh, al Moshe that Hashem calls to Moshe, Vayidaber Hashem Elav Me'oel Moed Lemor. And as everyone is familiar, this is something that we learn um, almost immediately when we far- first start learning Chumash, is that the first word, Vayikra, the Aleph, is a small Aleph. There are thousands of explanations for why there is a small Aleph. What I'd like to share with you tonight is the uh, sort of uh, deeper approach. And I'm going to ask you to uh, indulge me here. We're going to go into some areas of the Torah that are not often discussed. But hopefully we're going to try to come out with a view of why there would be a small olive and why specifically in this place. So let's start from the beginning. This question is usually attributed to the Baal HaTurim. The Baal HaTurim, one of the major commentaries to be found in your standard Mikra's Gedola, says, Aleph de Vayikra Ze'era. Ze'era is the Aramaic word for small. The Aleph of Vayikra is small. And he explains, I'm just giving the translation. For Moshe, although he was great, was very humble. And he wanted to write in the Torah the word Vayakar, which is to chance upon. As if Hashem only spoke to him in a dream, in the way that Hashem spoke to Bilam. When God speaks to Bilam, he it says Vayakar. And God happened upon him, chanced upon him, which is where he's not expecting it. And he went to sleep at night and God appeared to him. So Moshe wanted to use the same word he wanted to write the word Vayakar, as if um, Hashem only appears to him by chance, by accident. Hashem says to him, Moshe, that's not how you're going to spell that word. You're going to spell that word with an Aleph. As Rashi explains, that the word Vayikra is Lashon Chiba. It's the language of endearment. Hashem calls to Moshe. So Moshe was too humble. So he was kind of torn, which is interesting because it sounds like he had a say in the matter. So he agreed, sort of compromise, that the Aleph is a small Aleph, smaller than the rest of the Alephs in the Torah, so that technically it could be read as Vayakar, although in theory it says uh, Vayikra. That's the Balaturim. And that's who is always quoted whenever this discussion is brought up. However, this is actually mentioned in the Midrash, more specifically in the Zohar. The Zohar, in Parshas Vayichi, says, why is the Aleph on top of Vayikra small? Says the Zohar, because Moshe was not complete. Now the Zohar takes the approach that the reason why Moshe was not complete was because he separated from his wife. 
as we discussed last week, even though there are times when you can do the right thing, there's still a consequence that comes from it. So Moshe Rabbeinu, although he was required because of his position, because of his situation, in fact, because of his closeness to Hashem, he was required to separate from his wife, unlike all the other prophets who are not required to do so. Nevertheless, he was incomplete, and therefore the Aleph is missing. The word Vayitaber is in Shemos. The first Vayitaber... You mean the first Vayikra, you mean? Yeah, before Vayikra. Put a little resh at the end. So we'll see. It's specifically Vayikra, because Vayikra is a term of endearment. When you when you call someone, you kind of uh, introduce yourself and call them, you greet them. You so that the Vayikra is specifically is what? Precious because your car is precious. Well, the, simply it's because it's calling. We'll get into other explanations, but simply it's because Vayikra means to call someone, which means instead of just talking to them, like you'll find by the Akeda, Hashem says Avraham, Avraham, Vayomer Hineni. So calling someone. At the snag, he didn't call Moshe? He did. But it doesn't say in the Torah of Ayikra. Okay. So the place where it says in the Torah that Hashem showed Moshe the special endearment, so Moshe didn't want to claim that he was on this level where he had this intimate relationship with God, so he made the Aleph small. However, the Heichal Habracha, which is the great Rebbe of Kamarna, writes in the name of the Baal Shem Tov. Or he says about the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was called the Baal Shem Tov, um, not just because the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos says that uh, besides for the Keser Kuhuna and Keser Torah, Keser Malchus, all these crowns, the Keser Shem Tov, you know, the crown of a good name is above them all. Um, so, and the Baal Shem Tov was someone who had a great name, a great reputation, and was certainly a very holy and pious Jew. But that's not the only reason why he was called the Baal Shem Tov. He was also called the Baal Shem Tov because he was a Baal Shem, meaning a miracle worker. The Baal Shem Tov used his knowledge of the inside workings of how the world functioned to help people, to... Um, bring people who were in a difficult situation. That's why we have all these miracle stories of the Baal Shem Tov. This is why we have stories of the Baal Shem Tov. You know, everyone, some people have trouble taking seriously these stories, you know, but sometimes we have trouble taking ourselves seriously as well. But the stories of the Baal Shem Tov getting into the wagon and the wagon would take off into, into space and appear in somewhere, some faraway place. These are all because the Baal Shem Tov lived outside the realm of, of, uh, of nature. However, it wasn't that the Baal Shem Tov was a magician. The Baal Shem Tov was a Baal Shem meaning he was connected and had great knowledge of the names of Hashem. So says the Holy Rabbi of Kamarna that all the healings that the Baal Shem Tov would do when someone was sick and the Baal Shem Tov would heal him, it can all be found in the first verse in Parshas Vayikra. In this first verse is the secret for healing all the sick. And then he goes on to say further, not only is the secret of healing everyone to be found in the first verse of Ayikra, but the secret to healing all the those who are sick can be found in the small Aleph of Ayikra.
So, if I would leave everyone here at this point, I think some of you might be frustrated. So let me give you a little more information about this, which will help you less. <laughs> okay. The Arizal explains that um, what is the purpose of Bikur Cholim, of visiting the sick? On a simple level, you're meant to go appear before them, to give them some company, give them some distraction, and those feelings make the person feel better, sometimes the person gets to talk about what's going on, so they feel better. On a simple level, visiting the sick is just that. You visit them, you make them feel a little better, they feel like people care, maybe you see their situation, you daven better, and that's why it's a mitzvah in the Torah to go visit the sick. It's not one of the 613 mitzvahs, but it is included within the mitzvah of a halach bedracha, following in the ways of Hashem, because Hashem visited the sick, as we find at the beginning of Parshas Vayera, Vayera Hashem al-Avram, and that's the source of the mitzvah, Bikr Cholom. Says the Arizal that there's something more that you do when you visit the sick. The name of Hashem is Yud followed by a hey, followed by a vav, followed by a hey. Which numerical value of that is? 26. Everyone knows that. However, you can take each of those letters and spell those letters out. So the yud, instead of being 10, could be yud vav dalad, which is 20. Uh, There are four different ways that we would expand on the name of Hashem. One of them is to spell, if you follow me here, Yud Vav Dalad, Hey Aleph, Vav Aleph Vav, Hey Aleph, Yud K Vav K. So if you add them together, you have 20 plus 6 plus 13 plus 6. What is that? 45. That's called the Shem Ma. Mem Hey. It's 45. Okay, now... Exactly the secrets for what this means and why these names, we're not Kabbalists here, we're just getting the basic idea. The human being is, receives life from this name. That's why, what's the term for a person? Where the first man was named Adam. Adam is Aleph Dalad Mem, which is 45. However, if you take this name, Yudke Vavke, spelled as 45, and you add the four letters, Yudke Vavke, as you combine the short spelling and the long spelling, when you add them together, you have 45 plus 4. That's a very bad system. That's a very troubled state of the world, and therefore, 45 plus 4 is 49, which is the numerical value of the word chola. Chola is a sick person. It's also the number of, um, of days, isn't it? Uh, we'll get to that. Between Hashem. Yes, Hashem. Hopefully we'll get to that. So what says the Ariza? What you have to do when you come and visit the sick... This person is currently in this place where they are at 49. 49 is not a good place to be. 45 is okay. And 50. 
which is the 50 gates of Bina, 50 gates of understanding, is a good place to be. 49, which is the numerical value of Chola, is a very dangerous place to be. And so when you appear before the sick, you're supposed to give them a gate of understanding. You're supposed to give them a little bit of kindness and love and care, however it translates, and then when you give them that one, you take them up from 49 to 50, and that's how the person gets healed. That's what the Arizal says. Again, exactly how that works, I don't know, I'm just repeating to you what he says. So the Maori Naim, um, one of the great uh, students of the uh, students of the Baal Shem Tov, one of the students of the Baal Shem Tov, he tries to explain this a little bit. He says like this. We know there are Hamishim Sharebina, the 50 gates of understanding. As uh, Kathy mentioned, the reason why we know this is because these are the 50 days that we count for the Omer. We're counting towards the 50 gates of understanding in order to receive the Torah. This world was created yesh me'ayin, something from out of nothing. The, when the world was, before the world was created, Hashem wanted to create the world. Why? So as we've explained in previous classes, because Hashem wanted to do good for the world. Then why do bad things happen? Because once we have a functional world, we need bad things to happen in order to allow for things such as free will and punishment. All this allows for a system which allows Hashem to do good things for us. So all the options of good and evil and all that is referred to as yesh, which is existence, multiplicity, options for good, options for evil. But if you go back to the source, what's the source called? Ayin. If you go back to the Ayin, before the Yesh, it's all just pure good. So he says, says the Mar Ayin, in the place of Ayin, meaning if we can tap into God's purpose for the world, when we go to that place, we go to a place where there is no evil, there's no bad, no bad things happen, and somehow we can tap into there and bring down a place where only good things happen and that's how the person's healed. Now, if I may oversimplify it, I'm going to explain it like this. It means like this. When you do something as a kindness to another, emulating whose kindness? Hashem's kindness. You are connecting to that place of Hashem's kindness before He introduced all the factors that allow for our world to be. That pure desire of Hashem just to do good. So when you connect to Hashem's will to do good, you actually channel down and you bring down that goodness into the world and that little bit of bringing that person from level 49 to level 50, that 50 is the level of Ayin, that place before the world was created, and that's why the person becomes healed. Very deep idea. How often do you say this? You say this all the time. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. What's the next line? Me'ayin Yavo Ezri. So usually we read it as Me'ayin from where 
Well, the answer is no. It's been there right all the time. Me'ayin yavo ezri. My support, my help will come from that place of ayin. When you go back to that place before the yeshus, before there exists, when we go away from ego, when we connect to the place of ayin where Hashem is, that's where real healing can come from. Okay, now let's climb a few levels deeper. There's a Gemara in Baba Basra. The Gemara tells us, who wrote Sefer Tehillim? David HaMelech. But the Gemara tells us that David did not write all of Tehillim. David wrote it along with ten other um, historical figures. The first of whom was Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon wrote some of Tehillim. Says Rashi, what Tehillim did Adam Arishon write? So most of us would say, as some other commentaries explain, Mizmor Shil Yom HaShabbos, which is a famous medrash that Adam Arishon recited that. However, Rashi does not take that approach. Rashi says that David wrote Tehillim chapter 139. I'm sorry, Adam, thank you. Thank you. That Adam Arishon wrote Tehillim chapter 139. Uh, I, if you're not familiar with chapter 139, you should be. In fact, the Ibn Ezra writes about chapter 139, and I quote, This chapter is extremely important in understanding the ways of Hashem. There is not in the entire book of Tehillim a chapter like this, and based on any person's understanding of the ways of Hashem, and the ways of the soul, that's how well you will understand this chapter. So for the Ebenezer to make such a quote, making chapter 139 in Tehillim, um, one of the most important chapters in all of Tehillim, if not the most important, which makes it very interesting, because chapter 139 did not make it anywhere into our liturgy. Almost all of the davening which we drew from Tanakh Almost all of it, Pesuket de Zimra especially, but even the parts of davening afterwards, is all taken from Tehillim. In fact, we say to Hashem before we start, David we're going to sing to you songs using the songs of David HaMelech. Chapter 139 is really deep. Now, there are many references to um, Adam Arishon in chapter 139, anyone who reads it. So for example, Golmi Ra'u Necha, where whoever is reciting this, whoever is authoring this chapter in Tehillim, is talking about how God saw me before I was human, while I was still in the state of Golem. So that sounds like it's a reference too. However, there is one verse in this chapter, one, Tehillim 139, that the Gemara itself attributes to Adam Arishon. Says the Gemara in Avodazar. Amar Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish said, Ma'idichsiv, it says at the beginning of the Torah, Zeh Sefer told us Adam. This is the book of the Chronicles of Man. Asks the Gemara, did Adam Arishon have a Sefer? He had a book? What book was he reading? Answers the Gemara, Hashem showed Adam Arishon, Dor, Dor, Vidorshav, every generation, and it's Darshanim, those who would expound, Dor Dor V'chachamav, each generation and its sages, Dor Dor U'parnasav, 
each generation and its leaders. Adam Arishan watched the future of all humanity. Quite a show. Imagine, I mean, he's listening to Dor Dor Vidorshov. That means he listened to every drusha that would come in the future. Uh, he could probably repeat all the jokes. <laughs> Says the Gemara, Kevin shall Rabbi Akiva. And then, other Mauritian is watching this film of human history, and he gets to the generation of Rabbi Akiva, Samach so he was overjoyed when he heard this beautiful Torah coming from Rabbi Akiva. He had this joy. And then he watches as Rabbi Akiva is tortured to death. So Adam Marisham became saddened when he saw the death of Rabbi Akiva. And he says, Tehillim 139, And to me, and this is a simple understanding, Notice that word, Yakru, Yudkuf Reishvav. How Yakru in this case is beyond me Rayacha means your thoughts. That's the simple understanding, kale. Rayacha from the word rayon, which means thoughts. Um, so that's the simple understanding. Meaning, when Adam Rishon saw Rabbi Akiva's life, and then he sees Rabbi Akiva's death, he says, okay, I, I got the story. This is the part of the story that makes no sense to me. Mayakru. Yakar, we usually think of precious, but in this case, it's beyond me. It's beyond my understanding, Rayacha, of your knowledge, of your thoughts, God. I, I don't know how you make sense of it. Says the Gemara, that's a reference to Rabbi Akiva, and that line, Veli Mayakru Rayacha Kel, is Adamarishan's response to his dismay at the um, suffering that Rabbi Akiva experiences. However, the commentaries explain where in that verse is there a hint to Rabbi Akiva. So they say, because Rayecha, besides for meaning Hashem, your thoughts, Rayecha could also mean your friend. So the Ben explains that um, as we, we talked about this when we were talking about the secret of Mishloach Manas, Ishle Re'ehu. So if you remember, we discussed that the real Re'eish Re'ehu, Hashem is the Ish and we are Re'ehu. We are the, that Pasuk which says, Lamana because of my brothers and friends, that's really Hashem speaking to us and calling us His friends. Says the Ben Chai, quoting the uh, holy books, quoting the Arizal really, that when are we considered Re'echa, the friends of Hashem? when we put Hashem before our own lives. When we do what's called Mesiris Nefesh. When we give up of our own. Now each of us has our own levels of Mesiris Nefesh. You know, when, um, you know, it used to be um, uh, a thousand years ago or 500 years ago or even up to a hundred years ago that there were places where for a Jew to keep the most basic mitzvahs would require Messiris Nefesh, sometimes out of threat of losing one's life, or if you think back to all the Jews who came to this country, and they kept Shabbos. They placed 
the priorities of Hashem before their own, that's Mesiris Nefesh, and that's who says the Ben Ishchai um, is considered Hashem's friend. But we do this all the time, even when we're not, when we accept. In other words, even if you're not actually giving your life up for Hashem, but when you accept to do so, when you say, if the situation were to occur, that someone would give me a choice of abandoning my faith or being killed, I agree to be killed. When you have that thought, at that point, you have placed Hashem before you and you're considered Hashem's friend. Says the Arizal that you're supposed to do this every time you say Tachanun. Nipa na biyad Hashem, where you fall on your hands and you ask Hashem for your forgiveness, you throw yourself at the mercy of Hashem. The intention is supposed to be that you're throwing yourself before Hashem, that Hashem should take your life if He wants to. And therefore, says the Arizal, during Tachanun, you're considered like the friend of Hashem. However, all this is only theoretical. But says the Ben Ishchai, Rabbi Akiva, who actually gives his life up for Hashem, Rabbi Akiva suffered a suffering that's beyond us. And while he was being combed with iron combs, he was reciting Shema Yisrael. That Mesiris Nefesh of Rabbi Akiva is considered the highest level of Mesiris Nefesh, the Mesiris Nefesh of the ten martyrs who gave up their life for the continuity of the Jewish people and for the survival of the Torah. Those are eternally the friends of Hashem. So says the Ben Ishchai, Mayakru Kel. That to, to me, how Yakru, how precious is Reyecha, your your friends, also your thoughts, meaning at the same time he's naming Rabbi Akiva, but he's also saying, I don't understand how something can happen to someone who Hashem, you consider your friend. It's beyond me. It's beyond my understanding. Uh, this is a fascinating Gemara about Adam Arishon using chapter 139 in Tehillim to express frustration at Hashem's decision regarding Rabbi Akiva. But he's not the only one. You're, you may be more familiar with the other version of this Gemara, which is the Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to heaven to receive the Torah, he found that Hashem was binding crowns to the letters. Now we have a version of this in our Torah, where many of the letters have crowns. Some have one crown, some have three crowns. See your uh, Torah to, for more information. But Hashem, in the Torah in Shemayim, it takes on a much more, um, much higher form. So Hashem is actually placing crowns on the letters. So Moshe, this is what the Gemara says, uh, Moshe says to Hashem, so uh, is this really all necessary? Like, I think, you know, this is just for men, you know. They don't care if it has the... I'm kidding. Um, uh, why, why do we need the flowers and the stuff? Just, just you know, give the Torah. Hashem says, Adam Echad Yesh. Now notice that language. Adam Echad Yesh. There is one man who is going to be in many generations from now. And his name is Akiva Ben Yosef. He is going to expound 
on each of these crowns mounds and mounds of halachas. Rabbi Akiva analyzed every nuance in the Torah. Moshe says, really? Sounds like a good guy. Could I meet him? Show me, show me Rabbi Akiva. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu asks. Says the Gemara, Hashem says to Moshe, well then you better back up. This idea, this is an incredible idea, you better back up. So Moshe backs up eight rows. There's another version of the Gemara that has 10 rows, another version of the Gemara has 18 rows. But Moshe has to back up a certain number of rows. And... What? Good question. That's what it says, rows. As in rows of chairs would be the simple understanding, but what does that even mean? So he's sitting there, eight rows back, and he's listening to a shear given by Rabbi Akiva, and Moshe Rabbeinu has not a clue what they're talking about. Moshe Rabbeinu is a good company, I've attended shearim like that as well. But he's sitting there in the shear of Rabbi Akiva, and he can't understand. Moshe was terribly distraught. Then they kept talking. When they came, notice the words, ledavar echad, to a certain matter, the student said to him, Rabbi, what's the source for that? Says Rabbi Akiva, I don't have a source for that. That's halacha Moshe misinai. Moshe heard this and he felt better. Really? Why did he feel better? It's okay if you don't understand this because... Okay, so let's hold on to that. So Moshe comes back to Hashem. I want you to hear the power of this. Moshe Rabbeinu comes back to Hashem and says, Ribbonu Shalolam, Yesh Lecha Adam Kazeh. You have a person like this. And you give the Torah through me? Don't give the Torah through me. Give the Torah through Rabbi Akiva. This is such typical Moshe Rabbeinu, who, although he is the greatest leader we've ever had. The moment he sees someone, he says, Hashem, you should give the Torah to Rabbi Akiva. It looks like he's a better teacher or better whatever than me. So you would expect Hashem would say, no, Moshe, you're, you're good, don't worry, you're, you're, you're my... No, Hashem says to him, Shtok, be silent. Kach Allah b'machshava l'fanai. This is, these are my thoughts. My thoughts are that you should give the Torah and not Rabbi Akiva. So Moshe says, so, okay, great. Now can I see his reward? And of course, Moshe witnesses the death of Rabbi Akiva. And not only that, but worse. And uh, the, uh, he has the same complaint. And Hashem says again, these are my thoughts. And that's why Adam Arishon knows. He knows we don't have the answer to this question. We can't access the answer to this question. And Adam Arishon just says, wow, this is beyond, beyond me. Rabbi Akiva, the understanding of Rabbi Akiva is beyond me. And by the way, I should just point out, um, the, the Ben Ishchai again stops here and says, no one should think that Moshe Rabbeinu is actually greater, I'm sorry, that Rabbi Akiva is greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. No one is greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. That's not what it means. But he explains that Rabbi Akiva in a lower realm 
reached a higher place than Moshe Rabbeinu did in a higher realm. Meaning, so Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't access a certain place because he was in a higher realm, but in a lower version of that higher realm, while Rabbi Akiva could access more because even though he was in a lower realm, he was in at least, and so he actually makes the calculation that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Rabbi Akiva was in a lower realm, eight steps back from Rabbi, from Moshe Rabbeinu, and so he explains going eight rows back actually means if you want to, you'd have to descend eight steps to see Rabbi Akiva, etc., but you know, that's already, we're getting into complicated stuff. So listen to this. Because now we're going to go a lot deeper than where we've been till now. The Megala Amukos. Megala Amukos says, we all know that Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, Hareini na'askvadecha, show me your glory. What does Hashem say? You can't see my face, but you can see the back. What's the back? Says the Gemara. The knot of the tefillin. So says the Megala Amukos. That the reason why Rabbi Akiva understood more than Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm just repeating what it says. Is because Moshe Rabbeinu. No one saw God. But Moshe Rabbeinu only saw the knots of God's tefillin, while Rabbi Akiva saw the box of God's tefillin. Uh, what letters, what letters are on the knots of Hashem's tefillin? A dalad on the back of the head, a yud on the arm. Moshe Rabbeinu got to see the knots of Hashem's tefillin, while Rabbi Akiva got to see what letter is on the box, the shin of God's tefillin. Nobody sees God, that's beyond. But we're talking about whatever it means, and we don't know what those words mean, but whatever it means to see the tefillin, Rabbi Akiva saw the shin of Hashem's tefillin, and Moshe Rabbeinu saw the yud and the dalad. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu is praised at the end of the Torah, for having Ukol Hayad HaChazaka, the powerful hand, because Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Yud and the Dalad of the Tefillin of Hashem. Rabbi Akiva achieved a higher place through the process of what he went through. He was able to achieve the Shin, forming the name Shin, Dalad, and Yud. And I'm not just talking about this name because the day happens to be Pi Day, which would be 314. So this is uh, Shin Shakai is 314. No connection. It just so happens to be that way. Okay. What? No coincidence. But Rabbi Akiva, when he passes away and he recites the name Echad, there's a big debate. And it actually has halachic ramifications for the proper way of spelling the name Akiva. 
So the story is told about a certain great rabbi, there was a ruah, whoever it was, who was debating, because on a get, for example, on a, uh, it's for Aksuba too, you have to know um, how to spell the right name, but for Aksuba, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but for a get, it's a lot more serious. You have to know the right spelling of a name. So is Akiva spelled Ayin Kuf Yud Base Hey or Ayin Kuf Yud Base Aleph? So the Arzarua received, um, a certain rabbi received in a dream, that the Pasik or is a Ruah Lev Simcha. So or ends with a Resh. Zarua ends with an Ayan. Latzadik. Kuf. Uliishrei ends with a Yud. Lev ends with a base. Simcha ends with a hey. So or Zarua Latzadik Uliishrei Lev Simcha is, is Rabbi Akiva. So that was the source that they used that Akiva should be spelled with a hey. But yet, if you look in most places, Akiva is spelled with an Aleph. Says the Megala Amukas that originally his name was Akiva with a Hey. But when he reaches that place where he completely gives of himself, where even in his dying moment he recites, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, that Echad changes his name from ending with a Hey to ending with an Aleph. He achieved the Aleph of Echad. We just read in the Megillah, La Yehudim Haisa Aira Vesimcha Vesasam Vikar. Ora Zutora. Simcha Zuyamtov. This is what the Gemara says. Sasam Zumila Vikar is Tefillin. These you call the Yakar Totefta. The word Vikar, Yakar, refers to the Tefillin. So if you think about it, when Adam Arishon is expressing his dismay, his, his pain, at the sight of the death of Rabbi Akiva, he says, Veli ma yakru. How meaning literally precious or beyond me, but he's also hinting to the fact that he sees that Rabbi Akiva has reached this level where he's now connected to the tefillin of Hashem. Now, of course, we know that the word yakar is 310, which is the same numerical value as yesh. Yesh is that place where there is still some place for humanity. We need to go back to Ayin, to that place where all there is is Hashem. In fact, we discussed this many times last year. There's a lower level of recognizing Hashem's greatness. And that's by declaring Hashem to be the king. We don't do that in Shema Yisrael. That we do in the next line, Baruch Shem Kvod Malchuso. But there's a higher level of recognizing the greatness of Hashem. And that's where Hashem is all there is and there is nothing else. That's Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. That is the Aleph of the verse in Vayikra. Moshe Rabbeinu puts a small aleph, says the Megala Amukas, because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't reach that place 
where he saw the shin of Hashem's tefillin, where he saw the furthest extent that a human being can see. Moshe Rabbeinu did not reach that place, and so he has the small olive. Because that olive belongs to Rabbi Akiva. In fact, says the Megala Mukas, the word Aleph, Aleph Ze'era, a small olive, is the exact numerical value of Rabbi Akiva. Oh, the meaning behind this is very important. How is it that Rabbi Akiva is in this Pasuk in Vayikra? The answer is because Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, give the Torah through him. And the answer Hashem says is, Kach Allah he explains, because there are two levels of Torah. There's Torah Shabik Sav and Torah Shabal Peh. There is the written Torah, which comes through the concept of Navi, of prophecy. The word of God, as unfiltered, as undiluted as is possible. Hashem brings the greatest Navi that there ever was. A person who was Anav Mikal Adam, the most humble human being there ever was. You know what makes someone humble? You know what allows, allows that person to be? It allows that person to be the perfect student. Moshe Rabbeinu is channeling down Hashem's prophecy to the world without interfering at all. Because he recognizes that before Hashem he is nothing. And so he becomes the perfect vehicle for prophecy. That's a different process than to be a chacham. To be a sage is Torah Shabal Peh. That's when we are required to use the minds that Hashem gave us to expound upon the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu sees the literal letters and he knows all the halachos, but the connection between them of how Torah Shabal Peh can be connected and drawn out from Torah Shabik Sav, Moshe Rabbeinu says, says to Hashem, what's the point? Just write it all down and pass it along. Hashem says, no, Rabbi Akiva is going to come and he's going to tie the crowns. He's going to show you how everything is hidden and concealed within the written Torah. So we need you, Moshe, to be the perfect vehicle to bring down the Torah and to channel down the prophecy. That's why it's in this Pasuk where Rabbi Akiva is. Because it's in this Pasuk where Hashem is showing us the greatness of the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu that he's getting this Lashon Chiba. Hashem says, I'm speaking to you, Panim B'Panim, face to face. But you should know that's your role. And I could give the Torah through Rabbi Akiva, but then that would be giving the Torah through Chachamim. And there would be too much place for interference. And it wouldn't be the authentic thing. Hashem says to Moshe, I want to give the Torah through you, because you're going to be the Torah Shabik Sav. But Rabbi Akiva is going to be the one to most fully expound on the Torah Shabalpeh. Now, you can, with the Torah Shabik Sav, you can only achieve the 49th level. Only Torah Shabal Peh means the Torah with its, all its definitions, can bring you to the 50th gate, to the Ayin. This is why Sphere Omer, 
occurs at this time of the year, meaning um, coming up in the middle of Nisan, because it's these parshios where we're going to learn, and this is what's going to happen, and as Klal Yisrael is in Mitzrayim, they descend down to the 49th level of impurity. Had they remained even a little bit more, they would have disappeared. You know why? Because we didn't have Rabbi Akiva to bring us back to the 50th level. Moshe Rabbeinu brings Klal Yisrael there, and he uh, brings Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, and we count. How many days do we count? 49. The 50th day is actually Moshe Rabbeinu adding on his own the power of the Chacham, but nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu is not, is not the source for the... Moshe Rabbeinu brings down the Oral Torah, of course, but he's not the one to fully develop it in the way that Rabbi Akiva does. The iron of Rabbi Akiva brings us to the 50th level, and the olive, the small olive, is the end of Rabbi Akiva's name. Well, why the iron? The iron is Rabbi Akiva. Iron for 70. Oh, it's 70. Okay. Right, right. No, but, but Rabbi Akiva, that's what we're saying, is that Rabbi Akiva's name moves from the hay to the aleph, because Rabbi Akiva represents that aleph of going from level 49 to level 50. And that's what we're working on. At this point of the year, we're going to begin working on not just achieving level 49, but achieving level 50. So read the Pasuk, Vayikra El Moshe. So if you look at the word without the Aleph, it's Vikar. It's a reference to that tefillin. And the Aleph is missing because That means Moshe Rabbeinu did not quite reach that highest level. Which is why he says to Hashem, So don't give the Torah through me. We want to achieve the 50th level. Hashem says, no, there's a process. First comes you, and then later comes Rabbi Akiva. Yes. Is there a connection between that small olive and the fact that it's talking about korbanot, which are their their physical offerings that people make? Yeah, there there is an approach like that. Again, we're we're not going in that direction. We're going more more well, more towards. Whether, but yeah, there is such an idea. That's I'm asking a, whether the 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 approach of the chacham, which would be sort of more mental and and make less physical or more... I, I hear. It's, it's, that, that's the, you know, the question of how we receive atonement and forgiveness, whether it's through offerings. Uh, one could go there. You could go there. Yeah. But uh, certainly the Megala Mukas is not going there. Okay. So he says, Klal Yisrael in Mitzrayim were cholim. They were sick. Physically sick, certainly, but more importantly, spiritually sick. If you remember a number of uh, months ago, we talked about how um, it may be, according to some opinions, that while in Mitzrayim we fell to 49, it could be that in the current exile, we've already fallen to 50. And the question is, how could it be that the Jewish people fell to the um, 49th level, had they fallen anymore, they couldn't have been saved, then we who have fallen to the 50th, how could we be saved? So all the Mepharshim who ask this question basically all give the same answer. That falling, falling to the 49th level was still safe for them, but had they fallen to 50, they would never have been redeemed because they did not yet have the Torah. But we, who already have the Torah, 
even if we fall to the 50th level of Tumah, can still come out. This is why when we are at this time of the year and we are preparing for redemption, we're not just preparing for redemption, but which means that at this point, everyone should see themselves, everyone should see themselves as about to purchase a sheep in Egypt, as we are about to have the six days of darkness, although sometimes cleaning the basement can feel like that, but in the, we are about to experience Yetzirah Mitzrayim, and this time we're actually worse off than they were. We may be in the 50th level, however, we have that little Aleph, which is our consolation. Because Moshe Rabbeinu brought them out of the 49th level, he didn't have access to the 50th, that we do through the Torah Shabbat Peh. We mentioned all the way at the beginning of the uh, of of this discussion, um, you know, um, back in the parsha, uh, the beginning of creation, many months ago, we mentioned that whenever Hashem says kach alabamachshava, this is we're always talking about that realm of creation which precedes ours. As we know, this this Shabbos is going to be not only parsha's hachodesh but actually rosh chodesh. We do not make a big enough deal about Rosh Chodesh Nisan. The holy books make a much bigger deal. Because we seem to only realize to make a big deal about days when we have to stop doing malacha. But days where we carry on our regular day, we don't necessarily realize. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is a really big deal. However, the world was intended to be created in Rosh Hashanah. As we say on Rosh Hashanah, Hayom Haras Olam, today is the conceptualization of the world. The actual day of creation, according to Tosus, um, according to the opinion of Rabbi Shua, which Tosus follows, the actual day of creation, the first day of the creation of the world, is going to be this Shabbos. Parshas Chodesh. The Month of Tishrei is the creation associated with the thought of Hashem. Originally, how did Hashem want to create the world? With Minas Adin. That's why it's the month of Din. But instead, Hashem created the world by joining Minas Arachman, bringing in mercy, and that's the month of Nisan. So we don't celebrate it at the beginning of Nisan, we celebrate it in the middle of Nisan, because that's when we actually experience the mercy of that month, which is when the Exodus occurred. But the real source for the mercy, the actual mercy as it exists in the world, begins this Shabbos. So while Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who brings the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, and Moshe Rabbeinu is connected to Pesach, although his name does not appear in the uh, Haggadah except in one place, which just so happens to be the same place that Rabbi Akiva's name appears. Take a look. The Rabbi Akiva is connected to that realm of Kach Alaba Rabbi Akiva lives in the world of judgment, in the world that we can't understand why things are happening. Hashem says to Moshe, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're speaking in your realm, the realm which you are. 
If I could sum all this up in just a few sentences, we would say like this. Vayikra al-Moshe is God's expression of his endearment to Moshe Rabbeinu by calling him by this name, to which Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Zohar says, and Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't write the full Aleph because he, he wasn't complete. So the holy books are telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu is only the beginning of a process. The beginning of a process which is to connect to the 50th level. If you can connect to the 50th level, there, number one, there's no more questions because everything makes sense within that realm. But also we can channel down as we started from that realm all the healings from the world of Ayin, from that place of Nod, the place where Rabbi Akiva is, the place that Rabbi Akiva connects to upon the moment of his death. When he says Hashem Echad, Echad meaning Hashem is one, which is the little Aleph that Moshe Rabbeinu does not achieve, Rabbi Akiva is the little Aleph. The Vikar, the Yud and the Dalad of Hashem's name that Moshe Rabbeinu recognizes on the Tfilin of Hashem. And Rabbi Akiva achieves even the Shin, bringing the completion of all the realms and channeling all that down. Rabbi Akiva is the numerical value of Aleph Zaira of small Aleph for this reason. Practically speaking, practically speaking, if we can draw a, a lesson for what we first of all we have to recognize that uh, the significance of the Torah Shabbal Peh. and perhaps we might even come back to this point when we get to Sfiris Omer, which is where we try to achieve the fiftieth level, which is the time that the students of Rabbi Akiva pass away, because they too failed to accept this lesson. But for us, we're about to enter into the month of Nisan. And we have to appreciate that the month of Nisan is the channel for pure mercy of Hashem. The month of Nisan is how we can bring down the greatest levels of mercy from this place of Ayin. When we climb up to the 50th level, may we merit that this Shabbos, when the world is created anew, and this Shabbos, when we have Parshas HaChodesh, and we recite HaChodesh HaZalachem, talking about the moon and how it diminishes itself before the honor and glory of Hashem. May we be zeuch to live our lives as well on a greater level of Mesiris Nefesh so that we can carry on the Ishla Reyehu which we started on Purim and carry that into Pesach and we ourselves should see the Geula Ki Hashem says I will show you wonders just like the times when you left Egypt. May we see so b'mhera b'yaminim. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.